Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Episode 89, Letting Go of Material Possessions to Save Money with Desiree Andres. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. I'm Jill. And we are excited to be with you in this new year. Woo woo! Happy New Year! Happy New Year, 2020. Yes. It's only good. It's only up from here. They say hindsight is 2020. So this year you are going to have great perspective. Ooh, look at you. You should Mm. be in a cookie. You little fortune teller, you. I wish I was in a cookie. Mm, I wish Uh, I was eating a cookie. For sure. I am really excited to kick off this year with another minimalism episode because there is nothing I like more than after the uh, rampant consumerism of the holiday season to get rid of everything that I have accumulated over the past year Mm. and uh, and or just the last month let's be honest oh gosh yes yes Um, and so we've got one of our favorite um, podcast friends Desiree here to talk about that with us. Um, And if you are interested in more minimalism episodes, we've got episode 20, where we introduce how important minimalism is to sustainable frugality and why we talk about it so much. Episode 32, we talk with Joshua Becker about his journey to minimalism. And then episode 59, we talk with Courtney Carver about a minimalist wardrobe or capsule wardrobe. So Those are are some of our minimalism episodes. And so today we are talking about combating the desire for those material possessions. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get into that interview with her. Mm -hmm. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode's also brought to you by internet advertisements. Ever talk about something next to a computer or phone and shortly after see an ad for it on Facebook? It's creepy. And it also causes you to buy things you otherwise would not have. The solution is to stop talking about things, make an aluminum hat, and stay off the computer forever. Internet advertisements. Avoid them and listen to podcast advertisements instead. Oh my goodness. 
How, yes. Yeah. This is the creepiest this thing. This is too real. It's because too real. I can kind of understand if I'm searching something in Google. Yeah, they're constantly tracking me. But just my conversations. So I've started to say weird stuff, you know, just to try it out. Like, <laughs> how do I buy um, whale milk online? Just to see. So far, nothing, but I'm going to keep trying. I'll let you know if after this podcast, there's like an online link to buying milk from whales. Oh, God, I hope not. (laughs) If you are struggling with the Internet advertisement thing like we are, um, not necessarily your struggle to avoid whale milk. um, (laughs) This is a great episode. If you are struggling with that, if you are embarking on a no spend challenge for this month. Or if you're enrolling in my five weeks to 500 course that closes today, and we will talk about that more at the end of the episode. But right now, we've got Desiree here. She is the host of the Minimalish podcast. She writes over at DesireeAndries.com, and she is the author of the new journal, Simple Morning Lists. You're definitely going to want to buy it after you hear this episode. Mm. So let's get into it. Do it. Hello, Desiree. Welcome. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Desiree, so glad to have you and talk about all things minimalism. Your website, by the way, I have to get this out there, is beautiful. It's so inviting and and attainable. It it felt really like, okay, I know that we're talking about minimalism, but almost anybody could go on and connect with you in some way. That's my opinion, but <laughs> I loved it. Loved exploring well, thank it. You. Yeah. 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 Thank you and so I, much. I was literally about to change my entire website this morning. So I'm glad you said that. Oh, no. I think you just saved me some time. <laughs> no, everything, everything is good. I think it's, yeah, accessible is the perfect word. So, and your podcast, Minimalish, I would say the same thing about. Um, So I'm so, so excited that we finally have you on our show because all we're about is making things that don't feel so accessible a little more accessible to people. Yeah. And I think you guys do a great job. And Jen, you were on my show just, you know, a few weeks. When this goes out, it'll be a few months ago. But um, (laughs) in November of 2019, you were on my show and I literally went and got your no spend challenge book and we are doing a new no spend challenge. Oh my gosh. Yes. And it seriously helped us finally get a little bit more, um, I'd, I'd say get our feet in a more stable place in our debt-free journey mm-hmm. um, that we've been on. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, the point for the no spend challenges is to figure out like to make more room to figure out what you truly value and to like get rid of all the clutter in your spending, which is so much of what you talk about with getting rid of the, like the clutter in your schedule and in your home and it, just to make more margin mm. to for the things that really matter. And so it's kind of the same concept like only with your finances. So I'm so excited. Yeah. Which is why we're looking forward to talking with you. There, We've seen so many parallels and crossovers between minimalism and frugality. Certainly they can go off on their own tangents in and of themselves, but we're curious to hear your perspective on this topic of minimalism and how you discovered it, how it's impacted your life. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for 
me, it was around or a little less than two years ago. Um, my husband and I actually just stumbled upon the minimalism documentary, which I think is still on Netflix and it's definitely worth the watch. Mm -hmm. And it convinced us right away. He actually texted me the other day and said, I think we should watch that again, just because it's so good. And it really brings out the principles of minimalism and it gives different perspectives, which I really appreciate. And I think that what it comes down to for me and why it's been such a huge thing in our life is because I lived with clutter all of my life. And I just thought that was fine because it's just what I was doing for so long. And I'm a messy person. I'm not a super organized person. I always say minimalism, just because you dive into minimalism, it's not going to necessarily make you organized, but it can help you if you're not organized because you don't have sure. less yeah. floating around. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we, we stumbled upon that documentary and it just kind of changed. It was one of those things where you can see there's really a before and after of that day, that normal random weekday when we both ended up watching that together. And we really decluttered our whole home in probably 10 days. I mean, it wasn't perfect. All tie, all ends tied up, but it was very quick and we had time off of work. We were both teachers. So we had time off of work. So it worked out, but um, Mm. we did that. And then at that point, we really were able to reevaluate our life basically. And that sounds so drastic, but it's true that minimalism helped us really reevaluate our values and our life because for years we were at the time living about four hours from our family We had basically every summer as teachers said, we are going to try to get jobs back home. We're going to try to get jobs back home. We're just in Virginia to get teaching experience. And we basically just said, which is is probably looking back, maybe it's not the best financial decision that we made, but we said, we're going, this is important to us. This is a priority in our life. We had a baby at the time. We want to be back near family and we're just going to do it because when it comes down to it, something's going to come through. Something's going to work out. We'll make it work. We'll get jobs. It might not be perfect. It ended up all working out and we continued to declutter as we moved. And it's just kind of like a long road. I wouldn't say I define myself as a minimalist because for me, it's not necessarily a definition or it's not necessarily a way to measure myself against something. It's more of a tool to just make space in my everyday life. Mm-hmm. So um, for for the things that matter most to me. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it's been about. I didn't come to that right away. At first, it was about like, how many spoons should I have? But <laughs> it eventually became, okay, it's more meaningful than this. It's deeper than this. Isn't that so interesting? It's a phenomenon that you're talking about that so many also describe as mm-hmm. they get on a certain journey like minimalism or frugality, that it does stir up other questions. And really, I think that's because we're pressing the pause button in some way, shape or form to say, do I really need this? Why do I even have this? Is it benefiting me in any way? What's its, what's the purpose or function that it's serving, which can then stir up other things of what else should I be asking these questions about? If I'm asking it about, you know, how many spoons I have in my drawer, or should I be asking it about where I'm living or how I'm also spending my time and my resources and all these things that it's not unusual for it to lead down this 
this bigger journey of discovery and living a more purposeful life. So to hear that level of impact is amazing. Yeah, it really was. It's been a huge thing. And I mean, now it's kind of given me my current job. So (laughs) it's good, which is I talk about minimalism. So yeah, right. So you started from this place of this is just the nuts and bolts of minimalism. Like how many spoons should I have? How many chairs? So how was that journey going from that black and white minimalism mindset to where you are now with having a more flexible definition and and how can other people try and follow that journey? I think I don't want to paint it wrong to have that black and white view of minimalism, because I think for some people, that's just how their mind works. And for me, it's basically the opposite. That's just not how I work. And it didn't, it wasn't working for me. So I was at this point where I'd already started a podcast on minimalism. It was a little bit different, but you can listen, all those old episodes still exist. And I started to have that imposter syndrome feeling of, oh, I might not have the perfectly uncluttered home. Like there are still probably a couple of things around here I don't need, but they just live here. And also a child lives here and (laughs) there are messes. And I started to feel like I'm talking about this thing, but am I, am I doing it good enough basically? Mm -hmm. And that really freaked me out and stressed me out and made me feel like I wasn't doing it good enough. So I was at this point where I was like, this is actually this doesn't matter. I basically convinced myself it doesn't matter. And yes, the decluttering was good. It was helpful, but this isn't something I want to talk about forever because it just seems surface Mm. level. And I know that's not really true about decluttering. There are obviously really deep things that it brings out. But at that point, I was like, I'm not doing this good enough. So this just all seems surface level. I quit. And then I realized that there was something more to it. Like there were other changes that I had gone undergone through letting go of stuff. There was just kind of like a deeper spiritual thing going on. And also mindset shifts that I didn't even really have to work at at first. It just was happening as I was letting go of things. I had to question what is the purpose of having this stuff and how do I stop purchasing things I don't need and bringing them into my home? And what is it that's going to help me shift my habits? So it kind of happened naturally. And then I realized, oh yeah, I went under all these mindset shifts and it it isn't really about if my house is perfectly tidy all the time. That's not realistic, but it is about the fact that my life has changed because of this. I've realized that I have control over things I didn't think I have control over. I am more grateful than I used to be. I am more content than I used to be. So I realized all of that just kind of by reflecting And that was kind of, that was just the start. And then I started really digging into that. And the way that I process things is through writing. And now I guess talking it out to with a microphone. So I did that. And that's where I developed all of these heart of minimalism mindset shifts that I've started to talk about on my podcast. And that's really where the name minimalish came into play too, because I realized it isn't on social media. And I think that's, I should have said that. I think that's where it stemmed from is I was on social media and I had people following me because of my podcast that were other minimalist accounts. And I was like, whoa, they 
have a prettier house than me, or they have less stuff than me, or they are talking about how many, you know, their perfect capsule wardrobe. And so it was comparison. And I just, I didn't want it to be about that. And now that this, you know, minimalism isn't a new thing, but now that it's gained so much traction and there are so many people that are finding it helpful, I think this message is needed that it's not something to measure up to. It's not another way to chase perfectionism. It's just a tool to help you clear out distractions and make room for what matters in your life. Mm. Yeah. And I think we could replace the word minimalism with frugality, like in our space, because oftentimes it's also a race to the bottom. Like how little can I spend? How much money can I put towards debt or towards retirement? And Mm -hmm. you can feel like if you're not at a 70% savings rate, or if you're not like getting all of your stuff from the thrift store that you're just not, you, you don't qualify as frugal. Mm-hmm. And so I I love your story and your view on minimalism in that sense mm-hmm. is it's minimal-ish. And we feel like we're frugal-ish. <laughs> I, I love that title so much. Yes. Yeah, because it, it encapsulates so much of what you're saying that I'm a little bit this, but there's wiggle room and there's freedom with it. And it's okay to have different working definitions of it depending on your lifestyle. I love what you said, Jen, the race to the bottom, because there's always going to be somebody doing it, quote unquote, better than you, depending on whatever you have idolized in your head of, okay, you may have a one bedroom home, but there's somebody living in a backpack and you may <laughs> be living in a backpack, but there's someone living out of a reusable plastic bag. I mean, you may have that, but then there's somebody who like has figured out how to stuff all their trash for a year into like a little baby food jar. Like there's always going to be somebody doing it better, but it's like, but what works for you? Because fitting all of your trash into a baby food jar, it might not work for you if you've got five kids. Mm. Right. And I think it's so important that there are people doing that, but then there are people that are pursuing it in a totally different way that's important to them. Because when it comes down to it, the world needs that message in different ways from different people. And I think we get caught up because we can see what everyone else is doing via lovely Instagram and social media, which has its upsides and downsides. We put this pressure on ourselves Like, I need to be doing it exactly that way. And then you see someone else. No, I need to be doing it exactly that way. And I need you put all of these images and you think that it's one person. Mm. You're like, okay, there's this perfect person that's doing all of these things. Meanwhile, that was just like a collection from a bunch of different people. And you've made it into one perfect person that doesn't actually exist. So you're measuring yourself against something that is never going to be attainable for anyone, not just you, but for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Extreme stories sell and they're really sexy, but we need more stories of normal people doing normal things and making small, sustainable changes. Yeah. And those aren't super sexy. So you don't hear them a lot. Uh, (laughs) Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. 
Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. So you don't have any like examples of that to like live up to, but here we are, yeah. we're right here. But that's we such are. a good word and a good reminder that we are the ones who create this idealized person that really mm-hmm. doesn't exist and is pretty unattainable. If you're going to try and be yeah. that person who's the combination of all these perfect things that you're perceiving, it's not going to work. It really is figuring out what helps you to experience life and joy and be able to get at the goals that you have, not what somebody else has. And these are tools in that journey, living frugally, living minimally. They are tools that you can fine tune for your own purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which speaking of for you, Desiree, as you were in this process, and so to, to to speak of it at like a tool, right? And we know that there's so many other things that came along with this in your journey. But if we were to look at this as, okay, here's some steps you can take. And what did this look like for you as you reevaluated your relationship with material things? How How did you do that? And what kind of financial impact did you see with it? Yeah, I think... For me, when I talk about it, it has to start with letting go of stuff. I mean, it doesn't have to, but that's just how it worked for me. So that's usually how I suggest starting because oftentimes we just have so much stuff around us that we don't even know what we have. Like we've cluttered up so much. And then when we look at that stuff and we start to shift our mindset and we say, okay, this item that I've kept around, even though I don't use it, you have to start to question, why did I do that? Or why did I buy this? Think of a clothing item. I feel like I often suggest not necessarily starting the very first thing you declutter is your closet, but to put that up there in the process, pretty high Mm -hmm. on the starter list, just because I feel like a lot of us have emotions attached to our closet, whether it's because, and that's not true for everyone, but I know for me, a lot of it was came down to kind of like a body image thing. And so mm-hmm. I bought so many clothes all of my life. Like when I was younger and I babysat, I would spend all of my money. And I made, I made a lot of money babysitting. I did it every day after school. I would take, Whoa. I would get it in chunks and I would take it and I would spend all of my money on clothes. And I just had piles, literally piles of clothes. And they were in piles because I didn't know 
how to put them away, <laughs> which <laughs> I still don't necessarily know how to do that all the time. So my pile <laughs> is much smaller, but, um, basically it, it takes looking at these items and starting to question and really evaluating why is this hard for me to let go of? And why did I bring this into my home in the first place? And starting to dig a little bit deeper because once you have those answers, then you can take that and you can kind of use it as a tool to shift the way that you spend and shift Mm -hmm. the way that you consume and bring more in. If you go about decluttering your whole house, that helps too, because it's so much work. And I think a lot of times we end up getting so frustrated with ourselves in the process, which I would say, obviously, like feel those feelings and then channel it elsewhere because we Mm -hmm. don't want to end up giving up because we're so angry at ourselves for piling up so much stuff over the years, Um, depending. I mean, that might not be everyone's case, but at that point, we realize how ridiculous it is that that we've just believed these lies that we that more stuff will make us happier or that more stuff is what we need to have to have a welcoming home or more stuff is going to make us look shinier to our friends so i feel like whenever you get to that point where you're looking around you're like i have to declutter this room and it's going to take literally days because they're just there's boxes of stuff I've never dug into for years. That's when you can take that feeling and kind of say, okay, now I'm going to practice not letting this happen again. And tangibly, I think, you know, after the decluttering, so decluttering is the first step or amidst it, because for us, it took 10 days, but for a lot of people, for most normal situations, where nobody has a whole week off of work with their husband and is tackling it together. It can take months. So in that process, while you're continually letting go, that's when the mindset shifts can happen when you go to the store and go shopping. And when you decide to, like, you have to go to Target and buy your household things. And at that point, you have to just, I don't know, you have to do what works for you. But in my case... I have to bring a list that definitely helps me to stick to a list. Um, And I think just little things like planning, really, it Mm -hmm. comes down to planning at first and then digging into those mindset shifts, taking a list. And for us, a huge thing has been figuring out how to budget. And that stemmed from minimalism. We probably, I don't know, I wouldn't say we would have never dug into a debt-free journey if we hadn't discovered minimalism first, but it stemmed from it. And I know that's probably old news to your listeners of a budget, <laughs> but that's just kind of a tangible step that we had to take is actually, and and I want to say that like, that was hard for us and it's yeah. still mm-hmm. hard for us, but to find mm-hmm. something that is going to give us a visual of where's our money going and also at the same time be doing these intentional mindset shifts of I don't want to clutter my house up with stuff anymore. Absolutely. And you're not alone in that. We all have to come back to the budget. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it's we could probably do an episode every single week just about the budget. It is one of the foundational pieces that we're never getting perfect because it shifts all the time, whether income shifts or spending shifts or value shift, whatever it is, it's an evolving thing. So yeah, you answered part of what I was going to ask you midway through that, but 
So for the girl who's in Target and trying to not bring in more stuff into her home, and when I say that, I mean me, um, <laughs> what, what is your mindset now? So like you, your, your strategy is you go in with a list, you go in with a plan, but like, what's your mindset when you're like looking at this stuff? How do you stick to that plan and list? I think... The biggest thing that helps me is I tell myself if I don't have a plan for this item, then I'm not allowed to buy it right now, if that makes sense, especially when it comes to home decor. I I think of that because for some reason that seems to get me the most at Target or it used to get me the most at Target with that dollar spot. And there's a $3 Mm -hmm. hand towel and it's just so cute, but cute. If I don't have a plan for I wanted to add that to my home or like I'm going if I am going to Target and I happen to remember, oh, yeah, we kind of all our hand towels are stained because I'm not the best at laundry and I could add an extra one, then fine. But most of the time when I go, that's not the case. Like I'll start to justify it in my head, but it's not a real plan. So Mm -hmm. that helps if I don't have a plan for it, it can't come in my home. That definitely helps when it comes to home decor, because I just, a lot of times I used to buy things that I didn't have space for. And I was just like, this is so cute. And then I come home and it's on this weird shelf and it looks really terrible because it, I never had a plan for it. And then Mm -hmm. another mindset shift is to just, I mean, as cheesy as it is to, if you are starting your day, so this is like before the trip to Target with gratitude and like a literal gratitude practice and just reflecting on what actually matters to you. I think that is what helps me the most because when it comes down to, I also take a toddler to Target with me, so I can't be there long. So that helps. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> a good strategy. A just find, find a toddler. A toddler. Find one. Doesn't matter. <laughs> either it will make you so stressed out. You'll put everything in your cart and you'll be like, this was a bad decision or, or you'll just leave. And I mean, I will also, sometimes I put things in my cart and by the end of the trip, it's out of my cart. It's just, I, it's not I'll do like that. I'm perfect yeah. at this. Like I can just skate by it all and say, Oh, that's super cute, but I'm not going to touch it because I'm this perfect minimalist and have everything together. I might put it into my cart, but by the end, I look at my cart and I think, how much is this actually going to add up to? Because Target, you know what Mm -hmm. happens. It ends up being over $50 if you have three. Yes. It's like, how in the world all these little $2 charges yeah. ends up being $300,000? So I think, Amazing math. I think it's a simple practice. Jill spends of, a lot at Target. <laughs> no. I think if you that simple practice of looking at the cart when you are about to check out, I just did this the other day because I have a toddler and... I was trying to get her a new cup. Not a good idea to take her to do that because she had some opinions. And Mm. as we were going through the store, I had picked up, there was another cup in a different area because it was frozen and it was on display. So I just had to reevaluate instead of being like, I'm just going to get this all because, you know, we'll use three cups. It's fine. No, I'm going to reevaluate because one, it's going to add up to 
a thousand dollars for three cups and two, we don't need all of that. So just that ending that last minute check Mm -hmm. at the end. Also, another simple thing is I have to stay out of sections that are going to get me like the clothes. I just can't. Oh yeah. I I bypass them. Yeah. I have to bypass that. So bypassing sections and those are just little things that help. But I think most of Mm -hmm. all the plan, um, the list and then telling yourself, if I don't have a plan for this, it's not allowed to come into my house. Mm-hmm. If you want to leave mm-hmm. and come back to it later and say, go to your, go back to your house, think about it, even if it's not home decor, if it's even a kid's toy item or a clothing item, reevaluate once you get home and you know you have permission to go back and get it if you're still thinking about it and if it seems like a good idea at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And online shopping has made that easy too, is that, okay, if I really want this and need this and can find a plan for it, I can just buy it online. I don't have to buy it immediately mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or try to do that as much as possible so that you're not walking through and having those impulse oh my gosh, purchases. Online grocery pickup has changed my life. Mm-hmm. For a lot of reasons. <laughs> but for a lot of reasons. But my pantry is now more organized. It's more minimal. I am using what I have and I'm not seeing this cool spice packet in the aisle and then just like Mm -hmm. impulse buying it. Um, Which I mean, yeah, I still find myself doing even after talking about meal planning and reducing waste for years. I still find myself, you know, buying the cool artisanal rice bag. Sometimes. Speaking of life changing. Oh, and something we've been talking about for years. <laughs> well, like one year. One year. It's, it's the, the Bill of the Week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Every week, Desiree, we have a listener or our guest of the week share with us their favorite bill. And I've prepped you for this and... Are you ready? Do you have one for us? I am ready. Yes. Tell us. Share. I feel like this might be really boring, but my gas bill <laughs> is really low because it the weather was temperate and that made me happy. The weather was pretty good the past last month and my gas bill was so low. So that was beautiful. And we're on budget payments anyways, because I don't know if... In Florida, you probably don't even have a gas bill, do you? Like, or it's like 10. No, we do. We do. Okay. Yes, we do. I remember in Virginia, it it was nothing uh, every month. But here, our furnace runs on gas. And so for a while, it was like, oh, one month, that would be almost $300. And then in the summer, it would be, you know, $10. <laughs> That's extreme <laughs> differences. But so we went on the budget spending, but still... It was nice to see that my balance, even though I actually paid more for it because of the budget spending on the gas bill, my balance was lower than what I actually paid. I'm like, this is going towards that $300 bill in the middle of winter. I'm so glad 
for your warm weather out in Pittsburgh, lowering your bill. It has not been the case for us. It's been like unusual frigid temps. We had to get away. We had to book it out of town. We're like, get, you need to go to tropical Ohio. See you later. <laughs> no, we went to Europe, Jen. I know, I know. <laughs> Try not to think well, about it. It's funny because, I mean, saying it now, right now it's 60 degrees, so that's great. Tomorrow it will be 30, so that's ridiculous. Yeah, but I know. It's Pennsylvania. It's not necessarily that it was the last couple of weeks. It was more like October wasn't bad, and maybe we didn't crank the air heat as much as, <laughs> as, as, much as usual. So yes. put on more clothes, kids. Yeah. Mommy <laughs> likes this low gas bill. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. If your gas bill was low or you want to share how high your gas bill was because you turn on the heat when it gets cold, unlike my husband, you can submit your bill of the week at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill and leave us a Google voicemail or a SpeakPipe message. We love to hear it. Mm. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. And now it's time for... The The Lightning lightning Round! It's... It's it. weirder every Did that week. sound intense? I love it. I yeah. actually like I cupped my mouth around the microphone. I've never done that before. We'll see what that does to the audio. <laughs> it's gonna sound beautiful. Eric's gonna love it. Eric's gonna love it. My husband Eric edits the podcast, so he gets to listen to this voice all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't he, he so it. lucky? Oh, he loves it so much. So today's lightning round, we are talking about mornings because mornings Mm. are something you talk a lot about Desiree and they have been transformational in your life Um, and even with your journey to in minimalism and I think it can be really transformational with anybody's journey who's trying to be more intentional about their spending too. Mm, yes. Yeah. So speaking of that, you talk about morning, simple morning lists and waking up earlier than your family. Why did you start doing this, waking up earlier than everybody else? I think I wanted to be a morning person for a really long time. And I, at some point, I accepted that I wasn't. 
And, (laughs) (laughs) and I just decided to say, okay, it's not going to work for me. But then once I had a child, I realized that if I don't wake up before her, then my only other option to have alone time in my day is to stay up really late. And that wasn't working for me either. So I just wasn't getting anything actually productive done at that time. So if I was uh, staying up late. So I started it mostly because I was super cranky. My daughter was 10 months old and she was waking up really early and I was waking up with her. So before that, I had been working full time or working part time and I would, I had a little bit of a schedule to where I was waking up at least 20 minutes before her getting ready for my day. Wasn't Mm -hmm. like I was actually having a peaceful moment or anything, but I was getting ready for my day and then she would wake up and I was ready to address her in a happy way, (laughs) but it was summer and we had moved. Everything was crazy. She was waking up super early. I was not ready to wake up with her happy. So I had to make some kind of change because I didn't want to start my days like that. That's just not a good outlook for the rest of the day. And I stumbled on the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, I think is. Yes, yes, yes. And that was, for some reason, he's he was really convincing. And I was just like, hey, I think I can do this. And it gave me a plan to start with. And I think I needed that it ended up being a little bit too much of a plan for me. So I didn't stick with his version, but it helped me wake up earlier. And what that did do for me is one of his suggestions is affirmations. And I don't know if I think gratitude is something he suggests. And if not, that was just something I picked up somewhere else. And I started the day with waking up a little bit of peaceful time to myself with coffee and gratitude and affirmations. And that was really changing everything for me. And I started waking up earlier and earlier and earlier. And I just was able to really do a lot with that time. And it changed the way I felt about the rest of the day, basically, because once my daughter woke up, I was ready for that. And I was ready to, at that point, when I started this, it was the summer before, I guess, my first official stay-at-home mom year. And I was about to be on all day with her. So Mm -hmm. I needed that. I needed that time to myself. Uh, Side note in this lightning round, did that change your bedtime? It did. And Mm -hmm. there are, right now, it, because I, of the nature of what I do right now, and my work is completely within the times when she's sleeping, my wake time and sleep time fluctuate. But basically, I just try to give myself a seven to eight hour sleep buffer. And because I was staying up later, before the the time when I, you know, when I was waking up with her, I just, I slowly moved it back. And I've never really had trouble going to sleep. So I can't really give too much, (laughs) too many tips for that. But I do think getting to sleep earlier is key and being able to wake up earlier and actually Mm -hmm. enjoy your day. Yeah. You still need a certain amount of sleep every night. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what have you been able to accomplish in your early mornings? I, at first I took a job that literally was done in the morning. So I was working for, have you heard of VIP kid? Yeah. It's big in the kind of 
debt-free and frugality community. Mm -hmm. And that was really great. So I was able to work and work for two to three hours in the morning. And it was very early and I would have to go to bed much earlier, but that was one huge accomplishment. But I started to, because I still kept a little bit of time for myself to be creative and to journal and make the lists that I needed to make to really start my day well, I started to also extend my time and some days I would work for VIP Kid and other days I had these creative ideas and I would work on those. And I would say I really built my podcast and, and the work I do now in that morning time and, and nap time. But it was in mornings are when I feel more creative. And I was able to really fully build that up and create a job for myself in that time. So yeah, that I think that's the biggest accomplishment. And sometimes I will also work out in the mornings. It is part of my routine a few days a week right now. I was doing it every day. I feel like as the mornings got colder, I just wanted to choose to do that at another time of day, just because I like the coziness of sitting with a blanket and a my journal, but, and my computer to work. But yeah, <laughs> I've, I've accomplished a lot in that time. And I I always think of it as you're basically carving out space. You can you can do whatever you want in that morning time, but but you're basically carving out time and space for things that you've wanted to do that you just might not see in your day any time for right now. Especially when I talk about when I talk to moms about this, that's a huge thing. I even if it's you want to have space to read, you're carving out space that you can sit and read or if you want to have space to I don't know, get dressed and get ready for your day before your kids are asking you for breakfast, whatever it is that you want to create time and space for. It's a really good way to do that. For sure. How have you seen it impact the way that you relate to your daughter when in the morning? Oh my goodness. It's so different because when she, I feel like I would just feel so angry, which sounds horrible. Like I'm some angry mother, but I would just feel so angry that she wasn't sleeping right. And that she was waking up earlier than usual. And I didn't have a good mindset about it. And as I started the morning, I just felt like not that, you know, once I picked her up, everything changed. And yeah, I I love her. And she's, she's a sweet little baby then. But I would just feel like I was stumbling into my morning, basically, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what to cook for breakfast. It just, that's how I used to live my days in general. So I feel like it is similar to just what my life looked like before minimalism anyways, but just kind of no real plan and no real routine to the way that I related to her in the mornings in general. And now I feel like it's just, I'm just able to be slower. And, um, you know, it's not like I start my morning super productive with her after this morning time. I, I start slow intentionally and I, sit with her and I cuddle with her for a while. Then we do breakfast together and I'm just happier. Not to say Mm. that on mornings she decides to wake up an hour earlier for some reason. I still don't feel like, you know, I wish that she would keep sleeping or what is wrong? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. I still feel that way, but I almost always at least have 40 minutes before she wakes up. And in that time, I'm able to get myself ready and, and remind myself that, part of my purpose for this day is to 
show her love and take care of her and raise Mm her. Mm -hmm. And because I remind myself of that, when I go and get her out of bed or when I hear her crying for me, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, that greater intentionality can make room for better interactions, better life choices, more purposeful living. My goodness. Well done. Yeah. You start your morning like intentionally instead of reactionary. And I Mm. think that makes a huge difference for how you interact with the rest of your day. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's exactly it. That Mm -hmm. is a great way to put it. Mm. Desiree, so many good points. I know you've even got more wisdom in you. Where can people learn more about you? Get your book, dive into this topic a bit more. Yeah. So I am at DesireeAndries.com and that's where you can kind of find my podcast and everything. But my podcast is Minimalish. You can search that anywhere. It's just minimal-ish. And I'm on Instagram at Desiree.Andries. And my book is, it's more like a journal, but it has qualities of a book. I guess there's a lot of writing that went into it. So sometimes I call it a book, but it (laughs) is a morning companion journal and it takes you through this five-step list making process which sounds more elaborate than it is it just basically gives you space to do what i think um, is a really great way to start intentionally and it starts with kind of letting go of things and then it goes into that gratitude and purpose statements and affirmations like i was talking about earlier so that's on amazon and yeah you can find all of it basically in the same place if you just go to my website or Instagram. (laughs) Yes, I love your journal. It's called Simple Morning Lists and it does, it has space for just these these lists of gratitude and intentionality and they will help you start your day um, on an intentional note, no matter what your goal for the day is. So thanks so much for coming on, Desiree. It was so cool to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was so fun. That was fun. Yes, Desiree is such a fantastic woman and she's she's great. She's I love so talking with her. Chill and you get that from her on her podcast, on her website, through and probably because she wakes up early in the morning. She's such a pleasant person. Meanwhile, probably. I'm over here yelling in your ears and my mornings are chaos. Yeah, I so. my kid wakes up at all hours of the morning and I'm never ready for him. Mm. So that is probably, I start my day reactionary mm-hmm. and that is why I can have those words uh, because they are not how I want to start my day. <laughs> they are often how my day starts. Yeah. So heard yeah. that. Yeah. Well, you know, there's more things that we can constantly be learning and growing in. And one of those ways is by book club. So this month we're reading the Tightwad Gazette. By Amy, I'm not even going to try. Do you know? Amy no. Daxison? I don't Dasison? know. I would say Daxison. Type in the Typewad Gazette. And there's ways to get a free one. If you if you don't even know how to like type this in, here's a way. Go ahead, Jen. What? If you don't know how to find the book, you might be able oh. to get a free book. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I didn't know if you were talking. I I didn't know if you were recording, if you were talking to yourself. I really thought you were talking to yourself. And I was like, what's she doing? (laughs) Yeah. What's she doing? Okay. I don't wake up early. So sometimes (laughs) I don't make sense. 
<laughs> if you want a free copy of the Tightwad Gazette, all you have to do is leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, screenshot the review, and send it to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com, and we will select one review for every five we receive uh, to win a copy of this book. Here's a helpful example of a review. This one happens to be five stars. It's titled, Love This Podcast by Ski Girl 16 JMC. This podcast is realistic, helpful, and entertaining. I just started listening a few days ago and have binged on their past episodes. I've gotten lots of inspiration. I've literally laughed out loud many times. Thanks for what y'all are doing. Thank mm, you, thank ski, you ski girl. girl. Hope this you is a perfect are perfect time of year to be a ski girl. Hopefully you're skiing out there. I hope so. Being yes. 16 JMC. And so I promised to tell you a little bit about five weeks to 500. We are spending the first five weeks of 2020 getting our savings up to 500 extra dollars per week to put towards debt in 2020. And so if you can save an extra $500 a week, that's over $20,000 this year you can put towards your debt. So if that is your goal, then go to fiveweekstofivehundred.com and get enrolled in this course. You are going to get all of the things that I learned to save money and pay off debt without getting an extra job. So head over five weeks to 500 com and we'll see you there see you next week bye frugal friends is produced edited and mixed by eric sirian that sounds amazing i'm excited about it uh does someone just give me money is that how that works you know, I I contemplated that because I thought it would get more people to sign up. But then I thought, oh, that's not sustainable. It can't just be giving people $500 every week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. But you thought about it. So right. that's what counts. It's the thought that counts. That's what yes. they say. Yeah. But it will shock people how often they have an extra 5 $500 per week that they are spending. And it's not just in like trips to Target, but it's in small things and big things that they don't realize they're spending money on. Ooh. And it's definitely doable. I've yeah. had friends go from one year spending, putting $6,000 towards their debt to uh, 50000 the next year, just from being more intentional about their spending and and getting some side jobs. And we're not talking about side jobs here, but mm -hmm. we are talking about all the ways that you can capitalize on unused space and time mm -hmm. to save more money, to to bring in more income. I love the and title. So, it's fun. Yes. Five weeks to 500. It's like, yeah. yeah. We're going to work up to it. It's normal people doing normal things. Mm. To create sustainable change. Uh, I'm out. I can't relate. It's right. It's not sexy. <laughs> it's not. I'm not normal. So. No. <laughs> okay. Bye. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 